um, last week we looked at um, the Lord's Supper as well as baptism. We did not quite have as much time as I would have liked to have had um, for the Lord's Supper, but we did cover most everything that I would have wanted to mention there. So um, instead of going all the way back through and, and kind of redoing that, what I would do today um, is just kind of remind you of some of the things that we kind of high level things that we pulled out that when we think about the Lord's Supper, these are things that should come to our mind um, uh, in, in thinking about uh, the application the application of what it is that we see and, and what it is that we participate in and some ref- some points of reflection that we should have about our own lives. So as we see the Lord's Supper and we think about um, what it is that 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 represents, there's a spiritual element of uh, what the Lord's Supper represents that reminds us that we should be hungry. We should be spiritually hungry and seeking to eat. There's an element there that reminds us that though food could be placed in front of us, it just sitting in front of us is not going to have any application to our bodies. So there's a there's a um, an aspect there where we we need to reach out and and take and 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 this be applied to us. Uh, another thing that uh, that we talked about last week as well, kind of briefly, is the idea that like I don't know many people who don't enjoy eating. Right, like when we think about food, oftentimes we think about food in a as almost a form of entertainment. Even um, we find delight in good food, um, and as we think about that, that's something that we should likewise find that when it comes to spiritual um, life, that there should be a delight that comes from it. And then as well, when we eat, we are nourished by the food that we eat. Uh, so long as it is not junk food. Uh, similarly, when we feast on God's Word and uh, and we partake of uh, those spiritual things, then we are likewise nourished by it. Um, so today we're going to be moving on to uh, gifts of the Spirit, and there is a lot that could be said here. Um, we are not going to touch on all of it. We're, we're also, because in the past we have talked about at various points through the systematic theology study, we have talked about usage of gifts and being members of one body and what that means. We're not going to go into uh, here all of the specific gifts and forms of giftings. Also, this today is not going to be uh, the type of lesson where I'm like, you're not being used, find your place to be used, right? That's that's not what we're going to be digging into uh, when we look at this today. Um, I do feel like there are always opportunities for us to seek how God can more effectively use us in the body of believers. But today I won't, as we dig in, and you could go ahead and be turning to Romans chapter 12 with me. As we dig in to this today, there's some things that um, that I want us to kind of consider when we consider um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this bigger conversation of God's means of grace to us in the community that is the church, right? So like 
Um, I want you to I want you to understand that God has gifted you in a particular way for the good of His people, right? Um, and if if you find yourself at times where perhaps you're not being used as effectively as you as you could be. I don't want to beat you over the head with you need to be being used, right? What I want to do is I want to encourage you um, so that you understand that God is using you and has purpose for you to be used in a body of believers in such a way that good comes to those others that you serve Amongst. So, like, we have opportunity to do good for the good of others amongst us when we use our gifts. Now, um, we may not be digging into each and every individual gift here, but we will certainly, as we read through uh, the passages of text that we're going to look at today, um, see some see some areas where um, where our giftings might be used. And when we get to those, um, we'll 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 look at those. We'll look at kind of so, some of those general categories of of giftings. These are not going to be all inclusive and all encompassing here. There are uh, the general categories that we're that we'll touch on, which um, all of the giftings that God uses within His church could could generally be categorized in, into a couple of these. So um, before we kind of get started there, I do want to encourage you um, that you would seek out opportunities to serve. Uh, the church um, that I don't think that we should find ourselves frequently this is not to say that we will never find ourselves asking this but I don't think that it should be a thing that we're like every other week asking like God what is it that I'm supposed to be doing with my life in the church I think that that's something that um, that God identifies in the in the person that he's making you and conforming you into be um, uh, so I don't think that it's something that's like it takes like years of seeking these things out to find them sometimes I, it might take a little bit of time for us to like like recognize okay this is like I'm I need to focus here more um, but I don't think that it's one of those things where it's like a difficult thing to identify in yourself if you're spending time in God's Word, areas that He would uh, have you grow in service. So um, we're, we're not going to be like asking that question a lot today of like, where are you? Like, what should you be doing? Or, or things like that. Um, I think that the Holy Spirit will guide in that. And then uh, I want this to be an encouragement that we all use our gifts um, because we all benefit from the gifts that God has distributed uh, amongst his people. So Romans, I'm going to start in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. There's a there's a kind of a, a reason that I have for this. Um, if you were to be reading through the systematic theology book with us, then you'll notice that along the way, the, the specifically the chapter on worship, we've, we've Kind of like it has gotten rolled into this whole uh, section that we're on now, the word, the sacraments, the gifts of the Spirit. Um, so I want kind of here at the outset to touch on worship a bit. And it's not going to be um, necessarily like exactly what you would find in um, the chapter on systematic theology. 
um, regarding worship. Um, but this is one of the clearest places in Scripture. It also lines up with the, the um, gifts of the Spirit that we're going to hit um, down in verses 6 through 8. So I wanted to start up in verse 1 of chapter 12 of the book of Romans, looking at um, the truest form of worship. Okay, the truest form of worship. And we will find as we uh, kind of continue into this, like using like using our gifts that in uh, becoming living sacrifices, like giving our lives over to be um, to be fully um, submissive and committed to uh, following after Christ, then and using our gifts in the process there, then what we will find is that this is um, truly a spiritual worship that we um, that we all participate in when we use the gifts that God has given us, when we submit ourselves to be living sacrifices to Him. So um, I can't find in all of Scripture a more pure form um, of of worship than. Uh, what we see that we are called to in the opening um, verses of chapter 12 in the book of Romans. And, um, again, this is one of those books where every time I come to it, like there's so much context wherever you land that's like we're, we're having to catch up on here. Um, and as we get into chapter 12, just as a reminder, perhaps to those who, who might not have been here through the Romans study that we did several years back, um, at the end of chapter 11 and going into chapter 12, we find a major shift in um, kind of the approach that Paul is taking in this text. The early chapters, 1 through 11, laying out the gospel, and then... Um, in, in chapters 9, 10, 11, like cementing the hope for this gospel through the sovereignty of God from the early, from the early like Old Testament saints to to the uh, coming of Christ, um, and then hope for the nations, and then now in chapter 12, verse 1, we find him taking that those ideas and shifting the focus to kind of a, a practical application in life. So um, when he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, like he's considering this gospel message that he's laid out here. And it's from that, it's from that gospel message, it's from that gospel hope that he can call us to this next this next great calling, this like it is only through the gospel hope that we can find ourselves truly able to spiritually worship Him fully and completely, and the, and it has like applications in all parts of our life. So um, as we think about spiritual giftings, as we think about like how we use our giftings within the church, there's a there's this underlying element that we should never forget. That you cannot use spiritual gifts that you do not have if you are not His, right? So, like the so first and foremost, it is He that calls you to Himself, draws you to Himself. That He that is like plants that seed of faith. He that is it's the one that sends the preachers to preach the gospel that you hear and believe, and it is He that continues this work throughout the entirety of your life. And because of this. 
He can appeal to us in this way. So um, Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So what is worship? When we, when we look at this verse and we consider spiritual worship, what is your spiritual worship? To present your bodies, to present your life to God. And as a point of reflection here, we should ask ourselves the question, like, one, am I His? Right? Like, He's called us to Him, and, and therefore, if I am His, do I find myself presenting my body to Him as a living sacrifice? Like, do I commit any effort during my normal, everyday life to considering Him, to living for Him? We should. We should. Um, and when we do, let us understand that this is truly how we worship the God that has created us and called us to Himself. Um, now, we're going, to, we're going to move quickly from... Um, from this verse down to uh, to verse six, but I, I would hate to to get to this text and then uh, fail to just continue reading. It's such a I don't know wonderful run of scripture here. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace Given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I want to pause for a moment here in, in verse 3, and I want us to consider how it is that he finds himself using the gift that he's using here. Because when we think about what, what, what is clearly one of Paul's spiritual gifts? Teaching. Right? And in this book, probably clearer than any other, he lays out just how gifted he is at teaching the gospel, and that it is for by the grace given to me. So one thing that I want us to consider when it is that when we find ourselves using the gifts that God has given us, let us consider that it is from his grace alone that we can find ourselves using those gifts, right? That we, don't use, that we don't come to Him by grace and then step aside to do the work that He set for us, but for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone. So this teaching that He's about to give, he's, the foundation of it is in the grace that has been given to Him. So when we use our gifts, let us also consider, and this is one of those aspects of this that should call us up into service is that I don't know that that a, any true believer reflecting on their position after Christ that is that they stand holy and acceptable not by their own works but by the works of Christ I don't know that any believer in that position could find themselves ever truly considering anything they do being done outside of grace. For by the grace given 
to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So here we again see this. So grace before, now a measure of faith that God is giving to you as a believer. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. And now here we get to uh, the gifting. So this flow from uh, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice in the early part of this chapter, now down through this, Paul demonstrating that even the words that he's giving is instruction are coming from a place of grace that was given to him. He's giving us this understanding that we have a measure of faith given to us by God. And now we also find something else. Having gifts that differ according to what? Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So where does your gifting come from? Where does your giftings? Where the things that that you find yourself good at, the things that you find yourself passionate about, the things that you find yourself drawn to, where do they come from? The grace of God. Now, you might say to yourself, but I like that thing or was good at that thing before I knew him. And I would say, I would say, indeed, you were formed by him. For him. He knew that you would be his before you ever knew that you would be his. He knew you he would draw you to him before you ever knew. And by his grace, even before you knew him and his ultimate purpose for the gifts that he gave you in this life, he was gracious to you and gave you those things for his purposes. So, verse 6, having gifts that differ, again, like a thing that I want us to consider when we consider these things is that we are not all made identical to one another in our giftings, in our desires, in our passions, nor should we want to be. Now, this is something that oftentimes I find that we likely find ourselves in this greener pasture mode. Past, did I say that word? Greener pastures? Pasture. <laughs> to where we wish we were more eloquent than we were. <laughs> it's all good. Do we find ourselves like looking at the gifts of others and wishing they were ours? Right? Sometimes we think, well, that, per like, again, let me encourage you that that person is gifted in that way only because God's grace for them. You have been gifted in a way. This, this is not something that excludes some believers or some believers have no gifts. Right? God has given to His church gifts that differ 
that differ according to the grace given. So don't expect that your gift is going to perfectly match with someone else's. Now, when we as a body of believers can get past this, I wish my gift was more like this person's or, or, or this person's, and we can appreciate those differences that are differences by God's grace, then what we will find is, is that He is wise in His distribution of gifts among His people such that all of us benefit from those differences. That there, is a, that there is a common good that He brings to His people by not making everyone look the same. Believe it or not, if the entire church looked exactly like Paul, it would not be the good thing. Right? How do I know this? Because God is good and wise, and He did not make us all like Paul. He gifted differently for His purposes for the common good of His people, right? Now, can we be encouraged by the giftings of others? Certainly, that's why they were gifted like that, right? That's why God's grace gave them that gift, so that you could be encouraged by it. There, are, there is someone, and not just one, but many, who will be encouraged by you using your gifts whatever they might be, in whatever way that God has led you through His Word, through His Spirit, to use your gifts, your church will be encouraged by it. God is wise. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given, given to us, let us use them. I want to stop here again, because as I'm reading this and I'm um, like considering this text and I'm trying to like get my thoughts together around this um, these are the two places that that like verse 6 is where like my mind just kept sticking again and again and again that your gifts are given to you let us use them and now notice here that Paul is, this is not like a pointing of a finger type of calling here. This is not a, you're not using your gifts, so you use your gifts. He's, there's a, a collective calling here, an encouraging here, that God has gifted us. Let us use our gifts. And that's what I want us to consider when we're here. Like, I just want us to say, like, Lord, help us. Let us use our gifts. Let us use our gifts. Because we trust that you are wise. We trust that you have given the gifts that you've promised to your people so that your people will experience your grace more deeply through the community of believers that we find here at this place in this time. We believe this. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? Head nods? Yeah. You believe that God is wise? You believe that God doesn't, like, that God wasn't more kind to the church before us or He won't be more kind to the church after us, but He's wise and that He has brought together a body of believers here that He's gifted? Do you believe this? Yeah. I shared something a while back with Aslan when he was here and 
looked at me and he's like, um, you know, in just such a short bit, like pointed things, uh, comparisons are not right within the church. And it sunk in a little bit for me because I think I had a conversation when I was a teen, teenager, like after I'd surrendered the call to preach, started preaching. I was, you know, it was just all fresh and stuff. Had a friend that, that I think he had in his mind this passage uh, or a warped version of it where he was looking at it as God would, he had this idea in his head of that God gives people different measures of grace, right? Like He, he just gave you a, a higher measure of grace than he did me, and I, I may not ever get this measure of grace to be able to preach. Of, quick, of course, like I was a teenager at that point, not able to really articulate where we're at today. This has been yeah. very beneficial, and you're hitting it on the nose. Like You cannot compare yourself to anyone else, but you could only measure yourself by whether you really do recognize all the grace that's been given to you as an individual yeah. like, and how much that you have to steward for the sake of his yeah. kingdom. Like, and that's you know, not to say either that, that the grace which he's given you is permanent measure, right? Like yeah. as we step into the giftings, we oftentimes find that he continues pouring in there, right? That he continues giving experiences, giving wisdom, giving understanding, so that we can better serve, better use, right? So that even that like measure that he's given, that's for this moment. That's not to say that it's not going to increase in time. And also what I don't want to say here is that if you find yourself serving amongst other believers where you find you find friendships in common paths of service, right? That you don't... It would be foolish if we as teachers and preachers at Mount Carmel failed to encourage one another to like better ourselves and improve, right? It's like... So if you find yourselves with like gifts of charity or gifts of encouragement or whatever the gifts might be and you find amongst the body of believers here at Mount Carmel others that share in that passion when don't be surprised that when you come together in service that you don't elevate together as well right this iron sharpening iron type of type of thing right this does not mean that we should look at one and try to like perfectly emulate that person's style or approach, that would be stepping outside what I'm saying here. We should be encouraged by. We should not always we should not all be trying to be a clone of. Right? If we find ourselves trying to be a clone of, then we're in error. If we find ourselves encouraged by and and like driven forward and deeper into this hope and faith and this common grace that we share, that's where we should find ourselves, right? And this is how, like, young teachers become mature teachers, right? This is how someone who is their first time in service in a fellowship finds themselves years later the one leading it, right? That we use our gifts together in community and, and those who are new grow into, right? Because this common shared, this common shared, like, Usage of giftings, identifying amongst ourselves giftings, and then let us use them. I love that we use the you 
Yeah. Because I think, especially like I'm excited about this week because I'm going to get to teach along with Ethan. Yeah. Because I know that as I teach, that God is doing His work in her. Hopefully, that she will be encouraged that she can become, or that she can grow one day. Yeah. Take that, and I, I, I hope to live to see that. Yeah. Because it's not very many. Isn't that what you've done with Camp Pool? Like you took her younger, and you taught her how to serve these people who have these disabilities, and now she's doing it without you. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Like it, it's been a like a season of reflection for me, but like seeing the news and the issues and the aces, yeah. like who has gone from like you're pouring into them and like. I kept going back to Honduras with yeah. Izzy and Mary those first couple of years, and they would go, and they they were serving then, and I think that there was like a raising up. Yeah. And my, you grow my, in my it. it. Yeah. Excitement is that like she's she's seeing her this week and she's going to be growing, and like it reminds it's like in perfect conjunction with how it's always worked, like in Second Corinthians seven. Like seven six, Paul was comforted by Titus. Yeah. And just a few verses later, therefore we're all comforted, and besides our own comfort, we rejoice still more at the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. Yeah. And like there's this like coming together and refreshing one another in the gospel, and I can't help but think like in real time. Otis, like, is reading these letters, and, like, you, Paul's saying this to you, how that would have matured him in the faith when Paul dies yeah. and loses his head for this thing, and Titus has the baton. I can't help but think, like, that continued, right? And I mean, the very fact that we're here today, yeah. this this pattern of, like, using of gifts amongst believers. Now, we can always reflect back on the history of the church and point at negatives, right? We can always say, you could have done this better. And and there will be those in the future that will be able to look at us and and always be able to say, you could do this better. And that's because we we know what the perfect is. We know what the perfect is. And so we can reflect on our shortcomings and sometimes we use it in a weaponized way against the shortcomings of others. But the thing that we should reflect on, the thing that we should consider, is the faithfulness of God in His church throughout history to continue working even in the imperfect vessels that He's perfecting to continue the gospel forward, that there's not been a generation where He's failed to give gifts. There's not been a, a generation where there was no preacher to preach the word, right? Where there were no teachers. There's not been a single generation. And everywhere that the gospel goes, this holds everywhere. Even in the most persecuted of places, this truth holds. He will gift his people and they will continue pushing forward. Yes.
Yes, that's that foundational like, which is hard when we come to Romans and we jump in like this, where it's like there's this, there's the the weight of the gospel that comes before in those first eleven chapters that in, enables and empowers this reality throughout. That it's that foundation for which you can say, "I appeal to you, therefore," right? Like I can call you to something greater because what. <clears throat> You've seen before, right? That gospel that he lays out there. Um, let's let's continue here. Um, we're just going to hit on. We'll see some of the areas of service here. So um, let us use them. He says um, there in the uh, middle of verse six. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The thing that I want us to see here is that each of your giftings is going to have a different way that it's going to manifest itself, right? Like you would not expect the one of prophecy to be working in the same way as the one who does acts of mercy, right? Like it's going to look differently. So your service will not look like Dustin's service, right? It's going to look different. It won't, it won't work its way in each and every day in, in the same ways. And this is for the good of the church. Like it's good that you serve in the manner that w- in which God has called you to serve because it is in that that we find ourselves like collectively being built up. Um, we're going to go really quickly to Rome uh, excuse me to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at another aspect of this. Uh, of this year, we've got about 11 minutes. We probably won't need all 11 because um, uh, there's a lot of this that's going to kind of reiterate what we've been saying uh, to this point. So, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, I'm going to start reading in verse 4. We're going to go down through verse 11. So, uh, now there are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. So your gifts are not the same. They're varied. But it's the same Spirit that empowers them. Your service is not the same. It is varied. But it's the same Lord in which you serve. And there are, varied, or there are varieties of activities. So all of the activities that you do are not going to be the same. But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So consider this. Same Spirit, same Lord, the same God empowering each and every one of your gifts. So if you find yourself looking and and being encouraged by Dustin when he stands and preaches, it's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God who empowers him that empowers you in your service. It may be a different type of service. It may be a different type of activity. You may have a different gift, but it is the same God who has given this gift to you. And let's continue. To each, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So I want us to consider this, uh, and I want us to consider this when it comes to our service. Perhaps... You find yourself serving 
And perhaps your service is not the type of service that is as visible as perhaps the pastor's service. So perhaps you find yourself sometimes not feeling like you're sane, right? Like not feeling like your service to God is sane. It is sane, okay? First, I want you to know that the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God who empowers sees your service. Another thing that I want you to consider here. The reason that one of... One of the reasons that God has given a variety of gifts, variety of service, variety of activities to those that he's gifted in those ways. And it's the same, like it goes back to that idea that it would have been a bad idea for God to have made us all like Paul. Is that, that, is that in that variety of giftings, of service, of activities comes a more well-rounded good for his people. This common good. Like he's gifted you for good. Your service, whatever that service might be, is for the good, the common good of his people. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to, to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. If you find yourself ever downplaying the gift that he has given to you, then I hope that you are convicted in this moment for it because he has given you that gift out of his wisdom, out of his goodness for his people. Do not ever think less of it do not ever think less of it because it is He who has given you the gifts and He's given you those gifts out of all He is because He wanted you to be gifted in that way. He wanted you to serve in that way. Let us be useful. Let us use our gifts as He has given them to us knowing that as we do use our gifts, that it is for the good of His people. Like you are doing it, you are using your gifts for the good of those around you. Um, do not forget that. Do not forget that. Your gifts were given to you by God for His good pleasure.